it means that you can take these these relatively easy to come by and increasingly less expensive uh, components out into the field and everybody in your organization can can become a good data collector with the right combination of things right it, it's not a specialized function any longer it really it really means that uh, that anybody in your organization becomes a, a, a surveyor and a, and a data collector that was dan colbert from trimble a company that builds high accuracy gnss receivers on this episode, we chat with Dan and his colleague Jeff about best practices for collecting high-accuracy data using GNSS receivers and Esri field apps. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Field Notes podcast. My name is Josh. My name is Demaya. And we are both product writers for the Esri Field Apps team and also get to host this podcast, which we always enjoy getting together and being able to do. Today, we are excited to have two guests with us, and they are Dan Colbert and Jeff Ryan from Trimble. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So before we jump in, we were hoping that you could give the listeners a little bit of information about who you are um, and how you both got to, to Trimble, which is the company that you both work for. Dan, you want to go ahead and take this one? Yeah, you bet. Yeah, I'll, I'll kick it off. So uh, my name is Dan Colbert. Uh, I've been with Trimble now for uh, going on 15 years. Um, my uh, the entire experience at Trimble has been in field data collection for the mapping and GIS group. Um, prior to that, I worked in uh, software development for uh, field applications. So I bring uh, quite a bit of, uh, of experience, field experience and software experience and working with uh, with customers of, of uh, varied disciplines um, to, uh, to Trimble. And, and that's really our goal is to, is to make sure that, uh, that our field users have uh, all the tools that they need, both hardware and software, to, uh, uh, to capture good quality data in the field. And I'm Jeff Ryan. I'm uh, the applications engineer uh, with the mapping and GIS team here at Trimble. Um, prior to this role, you know, I kind of had a focus in GIS, which kind of phased into land surveying um, and data collection out in the field with a variety of different entities from local government uh, to private sectors, uh, you name it. And then it kind of morphed into um, getting into the SaaS world um, with some GIS capabilities on a, on a web application and then moved into Trimble um, in the software group, but now kind of moving back to um, GIS, which is where my passion lies. So happy to join this group and um, support Dan and his team there. Yeah, so our focus for this episode is best practices for GPS and GNSS collection, but I'm sure there are listeners who have heard the terms and don't really have a clear idea or may have heard them interchangeably and kind of confuse them, but I was wondering if you guys kind of talk about what the difference is between GNSS and GPS. Yeah, that's a that's a good question and and um you know the 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 overarching term is GNSS or Global Navigation Satellite System. And really, that's just a, a, a blanket term to describe any type of positioning service or, or technology or constellation, and of which there are now five. Uh, GPS is the most common one that we all know of, and that's a United States a US DOD system. Uh, but there's a Russian system, GLONASS, uh, Beidou from China, Galileo is a European system, and QZSS is a Japanese system. So when we refer to um, positioning systems today we'll be using the term GNSS, but that's just a, like, again, that, that overarching, um, descriptive term for any positioning tech, for all positioning technologies together. 
Gotcha. As opposed to that GPS, if you hear that being used, it's just focusing to that one positioning system, that US-based one that you were mentioning. Yeah, exactly. And and while GPS is not inaccurate, um, a lot of uh, GPS receivers today use um, are, are able to track satellites from all of these systems. So it's it's not as accurate to say GPS as it is accurate to say GNSS today. Gotcha. So I think, you know, maybe the next question then is, you know, this podcast, we, we talk all about field data collection. That's one of the primary features of, of the apps that, that we are on the team for here at Esri, be that survey or field maps going out and collecting data in the field. So when is it necessary to take that data collection beyond what your phone can do and, and use high accuracy? Like what are some examples of when GNSS is required or, or, or kind of needed instead of just what your phone can do? Yeah, sure, Josh. So I think there's kind of a wide variety of methods that you would kind of switch over to the, the high accuracy methods. Um, one of them being asset collection. When you start to talk about public works departments or government agencies uh, that are very concerned about their assets, right? That's the most valuable thing to them. They want to track them. They want to know where they are, uh, what condition they're in. And that's kind of the idea is what they'll track trees, street furniture, um, above and below ground utilities, um, track it in databases, the overall health of those, and then kind of structure that in a, in a geo database for capital improvement projects, right? So being able to query for what things need replacement and, and things of that nature. Um, they kind of move into environmental situations as well. So when you do some wetlands mapping, um, planning for irrigation or mitigation, wildfire planning, et cetera, um, is another one, carbon capture, renewable energies, uh, things of that nature. And then oil and gas is another scenario where you, you know, you want to map easements, um, the joints and alignments and the materials used for that pipeline, um, who installed it, what the date was, um, the likes of that as well. And then uh, cadastral mapping, people really like to plot, you know, property boundaries, the the ownership of those um, properties, the easements, uh, right away as you name it. Um, and then also, you know, really overall data collection is just one of the uses for GNSS um, to known points. So um, really being able to combine that with intelligent field data software, like field maps, um, you can give all all kinds of information um, relative to the end user. Um, so that, that's kind of different scenarios that we would branch off and, and get more accurate information for. Definitely. And I'm sure when looking at like all those examples, being able to get this highly specific location is really important, especially when projects are kind of directly affecting people um, and the public. Are there any other I guess, values or benefits to GNSS data collection outside of just accurate locations or highly accurate locations yeah I, mean, I think i think one of the the biggest benefits is that capturing or being able to locate um features or or assets in the field whatever that asset might be is is extremely efficient and cost effective using gnss as opposed to be as opposed to using um you know tape measurements or uh, or even just redlining on maps yeah. which are highly inaccurate those sorts of things where where GNSS really, um, really accelerates and uh, both the both the efficiency of the data capture as well as the accuracy of the data, whether it be uh, spatial accuracy or attribution, the fact that you're standing right next to it when you take a when you map it, you're able to describe it much more clearly than you would if you were to say grab it off of an aerial image or something like that. 
the fact that uh, the fact that it is that it is uh, uh, an, a highly efficient method of data capture means that it's it's extremely cost effective for all the ways you don't need as many people uh, to to perform the the work uh, and you can get answers and 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 feedback your uh, uh, your decision-making loop is uh, becomes much much shorter when you're using something like GNSS for field data capture. Um, you know, things like um, making sure that uh, that that the data is is accurate as it comes from in the field it comes from the field, which means you can you know you can perform a, a, a the first level of QA, if you will, while you're in the mm -hmm. field. Validation of that data mm -hmm. is uh, is much easier. Um, the 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 greater the accuracy you get. Um, you know, anywhere from one meter down to one centimeter. Imagine the things that you could do with, with knowing exactly where assets are. Meaning, um, you could share a lot of this information with uh, with many different departments inside of your organization to uh, to make better decisions. Whether it be uh, planning for uh, in, an engineering work on a on a on a, a road improvement project. Um, or even environmental mitigation, understanding exactly where things are, what's happening, um, in a timely and and very accurate manner is 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 a is a great benefit to the organization all over. Definitely, I like how you describe kind of it being that first stage of QA in the field and that first stage of kind of, of evaluating the data that you're getting and making sure it's accurate. Because I know in past episodes, especially our last episode, we talked about kind of the value of just doing data collection in the field using mobile apps in general as having or having the ability to kind of be more accurate with your data. So I think to even go beyond that with GNSS is kind of like a huge benefit. So yeah, I like the way you described that. Yeah, and like Dan said, you know, when you have that confidence around your data collection, knowing that you're down to one centimeter accuracy, that ultimately saves a lot of time and, and money and efficiency because you're not having to send somebody back out in the field saying, you know, this this looks off, right? Mm -hmm. You're down to one centimeter. This can be, you know, produced downstream towards the engineering level, the surveying level, um, and then ultimately go right into production and, and sort of the deliverables around CAD plans and things of the like. So it's a huge plus. I think there's another there's another component of this where where the the availability of GNSS systems uh, of of varied accuracies and the software that uh, that um, that can be used like field maps, it means that you can take you can take these these relatively easy to come by and increasingly less expensive uh, components out into the field, and everybody in your organization can can become a good data collector yeah. with the right totally. combination of things right it's a it's a um, it, it it's not a specialized function any longer it really it really means that uh, that anybody in your organization becomes a, a, a surveyor and a, and a data collector so i guess like on that same thread of everybody you know kind of kind of bridging that gap between anyone can kind of use this technology with the right pairing of that mobile app and the hardware what are some considerations that folks should think of when they're preparing to use these receivers to collect data? Yeah, I can try to answer some of these and Dan, you please step in whenever you, you want. But um, I think there's quite a few things to keep in mind here. Um, one of those being the environmental factors. Um, okay. So you really need to have a good understanding of where you're gonna be working, um, kind of what what's the job site, right? Is that gonna be in the desert and the mountains? Is it going to be in the middle of downtown Manhattan or is it going to be in the suburbs? Um, those kind of play into some decision making when you try to plan to go out for that job site. Um, you know, when you're in the mountains, you're going to need some power sources. You're going to need a, a lot of batteries um, if you're out there for a week, for instance. 
um, or if you have internet connectivity within the suburbs, you can connect to the VRS systems um, and have that kind of correction source. Um, the satellite availability is something that, you know, something you got to look into before you go out to the field. Um, most GNSS hardware and software providers offer um, some tools for mission planning. So you can do some analysis of the sky plots, uh, which is basically the path of the satellites and the number that are available and kind of the dilution um, of the precision of those satellites um, at a given timeline, which is super helpful to know before you go out. Um, there's some, some wild things going out on, on, on in the space world with uh, geomagnetic storms and, and solar radiation to keep in mind. Um, and that's kind of the applications that, behind that that you can look into before you go. Um, overall, I would say you just really have to have a reconnaissance of, of your mission before you go out. Um, so really kind of have to focus on, like I said, the GNSS needs for a correction source and how that's applied to where you're gonna be. Um, so that could be the radio, the internet, the satellite, um, or post-processing, if you will, back in the office. Um, those all kind of come into play. And then really kind of knowing the type of data and the data requirements that need to be, need to be collected. So um, let's say you're doing an engineering job and you need to know the vertical accuracy of every point that you collect. Um, you may not want to go out with just a handheld GPS unit. Rather, you would want to take out a pole um, and do the offset with the antenna so you get that vertical accuracy along with your XY positioning. Um, being able to do laser offsets as well, so things that you can't reach, um, do a laser offset and then do um, kind of form setup uh, that varies. You know, you may have different assets that have a different form setup. Um, that's something to keep in mind. And then just kind of the balance between the quality and speed within that form, uh, being able to go through that form and collect the data in a, in a timely manner. Um, Dan, do you have anything else to add there? Yeah, yeah. I think you covered you covered quite a quite a bit of it there, Jeff. And and I, just really understanding what what what's available to you in the field is really important. You know, getting getting a good quality, high accuracy GPS position is more than just going out into the field. Yeah. Um, you may need to connect to a uh, to a real time source and and. Uh, all that really means is, uh, is, is that when you're walking around out in the field with a GPS receiver, a GNSS receiver, um, in order to get good quality, high accuracy positions, that, the data actually needs to be corrected. And in order to get corrections, you have to be connected to something that, uh, to, a, to a, a fixed or a known location or a, G, a GNSS receiver at a known location, which is transmitting corrections. And that can be transmitted by, uh, and Jeff mentioned it there, radio, internet, satellite, and, uh, and we could even do it after the fact in post-processing. But the idea that you have to go out in the field understanding what's available to you uh, and what you may need to bring in order to make sure that, uh, that, that, uh, that you're achieving the level of accuracy that you require is, uh, is key. So understanding the environment, where you're, in, where you're at, do you have what type of connectivity do you have and what real-time sources are available to you in order to make the uh in order to make the job successful yeah it really is mission planning kind of what you said because yeah, i mean exactly. i can't think of any other you know task where i'm like hmm, going outside today is there a geomagnetic storm happening in space <laughs> you know um so it's but it's really interesting to hear about all of the different factors that go into again just kind of making sure you have those high accuracy points it's not just oh, i'm going to go out with my phone and my receiver and get these points it's there's a lot of planning involved with it yeah 
And that's something to, to promote too, right? You don't want to be a button pusher that just goes out to the field and you know exactly what to push and what works for you because what happens when you're out in the field and you run into these types of scenarios, yeah. you want to be able to troubleshoot that. You know, with with the with the uh, increased popularity of of mobile GIS applications like field maps and and the use of GNSS, a lot of the a lot of this planning is, as Jeff said, that it's kind of glossed over. Um, but what we don't want to do is make this an oppressive process, right? Totally. Um, that you want to you want to go out into the field, you want to be productive, and you don't want to have to spend a whole lot of time in the office back back in the office. So. You know, we we as as Trimble work really hard to to make things easy on the field user, and you guys at Esri make make things really easy on the field user from a software perspective, so that the 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 impact of those kind of pre planning decisions and things like that are as minimal as possible. But uh, but like Jeff said, you you, you don't want to be a button pusher. It's good to understand what's what's actually happening and what goes into it, so you can minimize the effect of of um, of those environmental factors when you do go out in the field, but we don't want to make it uh, so oppressive that that it's uh, that it's no longer uh, efficient to take stuff out into the field. So it's a it's a it's a delicate balance, but one I think that uh, that we're improving on every day. Definitely, and like you said, it's important to like have to feel prepared, or you feel like you can go out and like actually in a way enjoy the process that you're doing, or just not be frustrated by the process, but also feel like it's. Um, still kind of a fluid thing that can be augmented and changed as well. So, so you mentioned a few environmental factors that kind of um, users should think about when they are in the field. Are, are there any things that um, some people or users think will affect their data collection accuracy, but actually do not? So things like environmental factors or other things you can think of? This is, there, there's a little bit of, uh, of humor involved in here, but, uh, <laughs> but there's, there are certainly things that will affect that are effect, that affect uh, accuracy, uh, but some of those things that really don't <laughs> that you may that that the that you as a as a field worker may be upset to learn is that <laughs> things like extreme temperature conditions, uh, you know, hot, extreme hot or extreme cold, really don't have an effect on on GNSS, but uh, it, it certainly will affect your mood. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, you know, yeah. you don't want to be standing out in the sun in the desert, but but unfortunately, GNSS is going to work just fine in those in those conditions. So. Um, so that's, if you've got the right equipment, um, uh, you know, a, a data collector that can put up with those extreme, uh, extreme temperature swings, or, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, you work in the, in the rain or it's in a, uh, you're thrashing through the forest, those sorts of things. Um, it, it's, it's really about hardware rugged ability. Um, and that's, that's one thing that Trimble really prides itself on so that you can take this stuff anywhere, uh, even though you might not want to be there. So, um, you know, things like, uh, you know, other things like just weather, clouds, those sorts of things. Um, all of those, the corrections that I mentioned a little bit earlier, the correction sources or applying corrections, take into account all of those kind of environmental, those changing environmental factors at, the, at that moment. So all of those things really don't affect your, your, the end goal <laughs> as, far, as far as the GNSS accuracy goes, but uh, certainly bring yourself an umbrella because uh, <laughs> you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll need to keep working. Yeah, I wonder who has that job at Trimble to test in extreme environments. <laughs> That's a fun one. So I think on that same track then, like, unfortunately, yeah, you can't pull out the card. Well, it's a little too hot, the accuracy. It might not be, might not be good today, um, but, but we talked about kind of 
the things, the the preparation and things to consider before going out into the field. But what about when you are that mobile worker in the field collecting that data? What are some best practices to make sure that you you are collecting high accuracy data that you're you're using the software and the hardware correctly? Sure. So I think again, knowing the requirements of the job. So if it's engineering or surveying standards, or if it's, you know, getting down to kind of the GIS, you know, internship data collection workflow, right? Of where it's, uh, it could be meter accuracy or it needs to be down to the, the centimeter accuracy. So knowing those before you go um, is always helpful. Knowing the job and what elements may cause certain blockers is also key. Um, you may be on a heavy, you know, very busy construction site where you have a lot of, you know, um, big tractors and things moving around. Uh, you have to have a head on a swivel, but also focus on what you need to be doing. Um, and then just kind of objects that may be in the way, blocking the satellite in the sky, um, tree, tree coverage, you know, buildings, et cetera. That's something that you need to have kind of a clear view of and, and be mindful of as well. Um, another thing is just kind of being mindful of what the device is telling you. Uh, we try to make that clear in our applications, and, and I think so do you guys in the field maps where, you know, your correction source could be off um, by X amount. And just looking at the screen, knowing and being aware of that um, is something that's key. And then also, you know, getting into the survey realm, being able to do some check shots um, before and the end of the day, just kind of a method of detecting, you know, basic setup blunders um, with in incorrect antenna heights or, or base coordinates, things of that nature. Um, and then being able to, you know, decide which points are, are suitable for those checks as well. So uh, for higher accuracy classes on engineering projects, you know, it's recommended to know, to, to go off um, check shots on um, high, accu high accuracy monument. Um, monuments that are found within the NGS database um, as well. So something to keep in mind. I've been working with customers in, in the field for, for so many years now that I've seen just about everything in, in terms of how people uh, how people approach data collection from a, from a physical standpoint. Um, there's a couple of really key components of, of, uh, of good, high, quali high, high quality, high accuracy GNSS data collection. And one of them it seems it seems simple enough, but it's it it's just not. And it's the idea that the antenna needs to be facing the sky with as much clear sky above it as possible. So if you're if you're using a handheld device and it's really close to your body, your body is effectively shielding a, a, a significant component of the sky that the antenna is able to see. So ideally, you'd want to move that that uh, device away from your body, even extend your arm out. It's that simple as extending your arm out just a few, uh, just you know, six, eight, ten inches. And um, uh, or as Jeff said before, if you're if you're really focused on good quality, high accuracy data, take the antenna and put it on a range pole and get mm -hmm. it up above your body altogether. Um, that's that's good for uh, if if you're if you're doing mapping around uh, around trees and um, uh, in difficult environments, the higher the antenna, the fewer obstructions the, the GNSS signal has to travel through on its way to the antenna. So get the antenna up and away from your body, and as as much as you're able, when you're moving between one feature and another, keep the antenna looking at the sky at all times. If you don't do that. Uh, and you, uh, uh, you 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 put the antenna in your pocket or or whatever it is. Uh, when you when you go back to the when you get to your next feature, 
you have to pull that pull the antenna out of your pocket and it has to reacquire satellites uh, and it may have to reacquire um, the real-time source and, and get down to the to the accuracy your job requires so the best practice is to maintain a good quality view of the sky with the antenna at, at as much as possible even in between features yeah that's a that's something that i've seen a lot that kind of reminds me of like, you know, we don't do it as much anymore, I feel, but when you're on a cell phone call, right? And you're like trying to get that that service, right? You're reaching up to the sky kind of that. It sort of reminds me of anyway. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Simple tips that can easily be like done and changed that like they can make a huge difference in the exactly. kind of data that you're getting. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, are there any other best practices you can think of in terms of just making the data collection process easier? I know we've mentioned a few, but... Are there any other things you guys can think of? Yeah, so I guess just trying to tie it all back together, what we previous, previously discussed, right? Where you just need to know the job site and the requirements, um, kind of doing your reconnaissance before you go out, kind of understanding you know, what kind of satellites are available, what kind of correction sources you're going to use once you go out to the field, um, following you know, certain standards or practices within your company or the client is something that would pay off dividends. Um, so when you start to talk about GIS workflows, right, you want, really want to capture all the attributions that match the schema of the database. Um, understanding the environmental factors, as I kind of mentioned, um, that kind of come into play in the field, but also just not being a button pusher. So being able to adapt to those factors as they come in um, is pretty key um, as you're out there. So Dan, you probably have a few other tips as, as well. Yeah, there's, you know, the, the, the tips that I have are really, uh, I'll, I'll call them soft tips, where, um, at, you know, between, between a, the combination of software like field maps and, and Trimble hardware for, for high accuracy or high quality positioning, the, the, the cost and the, um, the cost specifically first off is coming down. So if there's one tip that I can provide, it's, it's don't be afraid to, uh, to, to, to dip your toe into the, um, into the world of high accuracy GNSS collection. It's, it's not nearly as expensive uh, any longer as it, as it had been in the past. Um, the cost of these devices, the cost of them, the, the investment, the ongoing cost to, uh, to support and maintain them is, uh, is, is significantly less than it was even just five years ago. Um, so don't be afraid to, uh, to, to, to bring those, uh, bring that component into your, into your field, field data collection workflow. It's just, it's just not as, um, it's not as challenging as it, as it had been in the past. So, um, don't don't shy away from it because you think it's challenging or difficult. Um, the ease of use is uh, is something that's uh, that's that's um, that's no longer a barrier to uh, to use of this to- this sort of technology. So um, the the data collection process becomes easier the minute you start adopting uh, new technologies and new new ways of doing things. And and it's our goal to make all of those things as um, as as easy and adoptable as as possible. That's a great point, Dan. You, d- you don't really need to be a professional land surveyor to get the, the one centimeter accuracy nowadays. It's pretty easy to get on board and start go collect going collecting data. So exactly. And I mean, that's something I know that like our teams are always trying to do on our end too, with like the mobile app software to go out with field maps and survey and quick capture and whatever is like, I really like what you were saying, just making it more accessible, kind of lowering that barrier and 
really every year we get closer to that point where you don't have to have all of this expert knowledge in, in data collection and GNSS. You should just be able to go use these tools and, and be able to, to have that in the hands of everybody, as we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Every everybody is a data collector with the with the right tools for sure. Definitely. Love that. Yeah. Well, with that, I think we've reached the end of our conversation. Thank you so much, Dan and Jeff, for coming on and talking with us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having us, guys. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Um, To our listeners, um, if you guys want to learn more about just high-accuracy GNSS um, and GPS data collection, we have a field snack where we kind of break down um, a pretty brief episode about like what uh, GNSS and GPS is. So I highly recommend listening to that. Um, Dan and Jeff, are there any resources you want to point our users to to learn more about Trimble um, and some of the devices that Trimble offers? Yeah, I think the uh, the Trimble website is a great place to go, trimble.com. Um, and, uh, and you know, the, the, there, there's, if I can, if I can just pitch one, one product that I, that I think stands, stands out that, that really changes the, uh, the face of, of, um, high accuracy GNSS data collection in the future. It's a product called Trimble Catalyst that is, um, uh, that, that, that makes high accuracy GNSS even more accessible to, uh, to any users in the, in the future. And basically it's a, it, it, it turns into a positioning as a service. It's that simple nowadays. So uh, take a look at Trimble Catalyst. That would be a, that would be a, uh, a great resource uh, as well as all the other resources on Trimble.com about the tools that Trimble has available to, uh, um, uh, to make everybody a data collector. Definitely. Well, we will be sure to include all of our resources and all of Trimble resources linked in the episode announcement and the show notes so that everyone can, can find that information. But with that, I think we'll go ahead and close it out. Dan and Jeff, thanks so much again. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you for listening to the Field Notes podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Field Notes on your favorite podcast streaming platform and make sure to join us on the next episode.